0: I don't care who knows it. I love him and love him. I don't care who knows it. I love him and love him. I don't care who knows it. I love him and love him. I don't care who knows it. I love him and love him. I don't care who knows it. Welcome to Talking Giants. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner at Bobby Skinner NFL. Here with Danny, Danny King at Danny King. NFL, and it's been a while. Few days, we've it's a week since the draft, Danny. And I honestly feel like I actually had to like play out my head, like okay, it was oh yeah, it was last Thursday because it it feels like it's been a month as much as has been going on since the draft.
1: No, yeah, you're right. Uh, It's I it's I feel like yeah, you're right. Just the draft was only a week ago. I've been watching tape, and I feel like we're already we should be in June, but it's only been a week from the draft. It's just crazy (laughs) what happened. But it was still a fun weekend just watching these players. It's been fun to get to learn these new Giants.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's honestly like, obviously, you know, week one is my favorite in all the games. But, like, learning about these new guys is, like, my favorite thing to do. Even, like, the undrafted guys, which we'll touch upon next week. But before we start, I actually want to say thanks to our listeners. We broke our record twice with the post-draft show. And then this earlier week show, you know, talking about Daniel Jones. Um, that's, re- I mean... That's like the goal is to grow and be better and better and it motivates us to do better and better. And like, you know, we, we you know we've been doing the 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 videos of breakdowns and whatnot and I've been doing the Daniel Jones threads. Been getting a lot of response to that. I know like a bunch of yours, like Ono Shane and some other ones have been doing good. The, obviously the Daniel Jones threads. And like the more you guys respond to that, the more we're able to do it, the more that it gets out there. Um and, like, okay, for example, I, I have, you know, beautiful long hair, not to brag, <laughs> but I do. Beautiful blonde long hair. And, like, everyone's, you know, everyone keeps tagging me in license plate guys stuff. And, like, that, like, as much as that seems like silly and fun, like, and it is, like, that actually helps because then that kind of, like, pits, you know, pits us on the radar of other people. And, like, you know, when we get tagged, like, hey, check out the Talking Giants guys, they're doing this. Check out Bobby, they're doing, he's doing this. Check, like, that helps out a lot. Uh, especially because we're kind of the new kids on the block with this whole thing. And maybe that's why we're trying to work so hard, but I'm, I'm just super thankful. Um, and I will ask like, if you like what we're doing, leave us a review. I mean, it takes, you know, you know, you know, 15 seconds, you know, maybe spend a minute, think about it. That would be <laughs> best, but just, you know, you do what you've got to do. Um, I, I, you know, I've, I've looked at other giants podcasts. They usually all sit around 120. Um, and I would love, to be like three, four times that. Like, I, it's like it helps us out a lot. You know, when people type in Giants and podcasts, you know, they see, oh, look at these guys' reviews, these guys' reviews. And right now, I mean, we only have like 13 or 14, but they're all five stars. And hopefully I don't piss off enough any people to <laughs> get a one star, although I'm good at pissing people off. And yes, I just like are. the support's been crazy. Like uh, the video I did on the Daniel Jones pulling the ball from the running back in fourth and one which kind of got contentious. Like, that was used in USA Today. And, like, the writer, the writer said uh, this video by NFL uh, analyst uh, Brian Baldinger. And, like, part of me is like, hey, man, why don't you put my name on it? But And then the other part of me is like, Baldy's like, my hero. So, like, if you're going to mistake me for Baldy, if you're going to mistake me for anybody and mis- like, say the wrong person in your article, use Baldy. That, that, that's fine with me.
1: No, oh, yeah, it's just been awesome, as as you said. Yeah, I remember that the all that Baldy thing when you sent me the video because you're like, "Yo, Danny, what's this guy's name?" And you sent me the video of like of a notepad, but in his voice. I was like, "Oh, that's Baldy!" And you're like, "Yes, that's who I wanted." And that, <laughs> and now you're like, "We're breaking. You're breaking out tape like Baldy. And you're getting the recognition like him." But yeah, it's been fun posting. You've been posting like the threads of Daniel Jones, which I've I've enjoyed and people have enjoyed. I've posted these quick, quick little clips of, like, O'Shane Ximenez, Darius Slater, Daniel Jones, Ryan Conley, and that's fun. But it's just the, the variety between all our platforms is what's making it more fun, and you guys are enjoying it as well, and that's making us want to keep pumping it out. So we're going to keep doing it, and the journey's only just started. The journey's only begun. Hey, it's not
0: about how long it takes. How does the Miley Cyrus song go? It's, oh, it's not a, I don't know. It's The Climb. It's the client. We're starting a mailbag today, Twitter questions. But, anyways, I got a rant, though. I I wanted to start off with that positivity because I'm about to go off on these fools. I am so freaking tired of talking heads and beat reporters talking about nonsense. Dan Uh, Orlovsky saying, uh, he said. Daniel Jones makes – he makes good throws. He's really – he's a good – he makes – has good film. But my worry about him is his off-field, that he's too aw shucks. Daniel Velocity, what does that even mean, he's too aw shucks? Have you watched him? Like, seriously. And he I, – I mean, Daniel Velocity, like, he does break down film, but it's like – what are you talking about? Are you just looking for a reason to not like the guy? What do you mean, oh shucks? You mean the guy who rips the ball out of a running back's hand on fourth and 1 to get the first down when he's getting tackled? The guy who never takes a sack easily, which is something I want him to actually do? But like like you watch every single sack of Daniel Jones and he's trying to get away, get his way out. He treats it every single time like it's Super Bowl 42 and David Tyree uh, open down the middle. And it's just, it doesn't make any sense, and I know – I, I kind of know what it is, is that he had Haskins came on, got to get up. I'm going to praise this guy. I'm going to pick this guy, and then this guy I'm going to say bad about because it's an easy target because people didn't really know about Daniel Jones. Likewise with us. I mean, I was talking on, on my buddy, my buddy's show, The Sports Hour. Go check him out. And, like, I, three weeks before the draft, me and you, Danny, were like, yeah, Jones, like, well, I hope we don't take him. And then we kind of watched him. We watched a few games, and we were like, he's actually not bad. And then now that we've watched all it's like, I think he's freaking good. So, Daniel Orvlosky, and he's actually the least of these people on my list. I got a list now. I, I started bookmarking oh, no. I Oh, I cannot wait until Daniel Jones is successful because I'm going gonna, gonna to go on a retweet fest. And then uh, Joe Dolan, who's a fantasy boy, I guess. He, I guess he hosts a serious show. I was looking at his profile a little bit. He, he's like a fantasy football guy, um, which I'm calling him fantasy boy. He said, he tweeted off, when someone says – that uh, a quarterback's best quality is that he doesn't make mistakes. It's usually code word for he's not really good at anything. It's like, well, Joe Dolan, who said that? like a, a few talking heads on TV. Like, what are you talking about, Joe Dolan, you fantasy boy? Why don't you learn? And, and if you're going to talk about somebody, put a name on it. At least when I do stuff, I tag people in it. Put, put a name on it. And I call them out, like, hey, fantasy boy, look at the scouting report. And all the positives. Where does it say he doesn't make mistakes? And he, he does make some mistakes. But all the, all the positives are, his, you know, the way he puts the ball in the tight spaces, his accuracy, his moving on the run, or throwing on the run, his mobility. Like, where, where are you getting this from? It's from a few talking heads. Why don't you do some homework, fantasy boy? Um, and he didn't have the balls to reply. Jeff Schwartz. And I've actually liked Jeff Schwartz in the past. There's times where he, he gets full of himself, and I think he he's, smells himself too much. Now, Jeff Schwartz will break down film, and he'll show his work on Twitter, which is cool. Like, that's the kind of stuff I like. But Daniel Jones, and I, I did a Twitter search of it, he hasn't done that once. All he's done is given hot takes. He, this, is, this is his analysis on Daniel Jones. He's not going to be good because uh, – oh, because Baldy did the video, a couple videos on Daniel Jones, the the one where he's scrambling against UNC and getting the touchdown. And, like, Jeff Schwartz like, is trying to call Baldy an idiot and saying, like, oh, mobile – like, running QBs, they don't work. It's like, have you watched Daniel Jones' film? He can run, but he's not a running QB. I don't – like, you obviously are ignorant. And that's why I asked him. I was like, hey, man, usually when you uh, – When you talk about a player, you do some film on it. How come you never did that with Daniel Jones? No reply. And I called him lazy. And Orlovsky his all shucks take is lazy. Some of the other stuff he does, like him as a whole, like I won't get on Orlowski's like whole body of work. I probably shouldn't have called his whole body of work lazy. But the all shucks take, like that was just dumb. But Jeff Schwartz, what do you mean? Like you haven't done any homework on Daniel Jones. You just kind of went with the masses. And now that people are actually doing their homework and you're getting some pushback, like, oh, all these Giants fans are calling my me lazy because uh, I didn't like their players. No, we're calling you lazy because you're just giving out takes with no evidence. You're saying, no, nope, running quarterbacks don't work. Well, Daniel Jones isn't a running quarterback, Jeff Schwartz. So maybe do your homework, okay? He sits in the pocket, but he can move around. He's almost more like an Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but that's kind of like his playing style or Ben Roethlisberger where he doesn't want to go down. So this isn't like, oh, Daniel Jones, like, He's the next RG3 or Marcus Mariota. That, that's not who he is. So just shut up, Jeff Schwartz. And if you're going to talk about somebody, do your freaking homework. That's what you get paid to do. Um, instead of being like, oh, I gamble. Oh, boy, I lost my bet. Ooh, like that gets old, man. Do your freaking homework. And then Warren Sharp, I don't know who this cat is. I guess he's got 90,000 followers. He has a thread of just bashing Daniel Jones. Like, wh- like, what's the deal, man? Like, yeah. Oh, it's like posting videos of people's reactions. Like, dude, you're, you're paid to be a professional. Why are you just, like, giving hot takes? And I'll even take some shots of the beat reporters, none by name, because some of them are actually doing really good jobs. But if I see one more story about this person says Daniel Jones would have been available at 17, or this person says Daniel Jones would have been available at 30, I'm going to puke because I'm just (laughs) so tired of seeing the same freaking story over and over again. Oh, yeah, you're telling me people are talking about, uh, are saying that they wouldn't have taken it? Oh, you think, guy? You really think that's what's happening? It's just... So dumb. I mean, we have our first first first-round quarterback in 15 years, the first quarterback where it's no doubt he is going to start and be the future, not this Davis Webb, Ryan Nassib stuff. Like, this guy is the future whether we like it or not, and whether he's good or not, he's going to get his chance. So, like, it's like What's the point of writing these stories? Why don't you actually like learn about the guy and give us some substance just, instead of the just same regurgitated crap over and over again? Like Dave Gettleman said this. If I was Dave Gettleman, I would never. I wouldn't say another word. I'd I'd pull the Bill Belichick process and just be like, next question. We're on to Dallas. We're on to Dallas because every time I try and talk to you guys, you guys take you take it and run with it. And and if I have – and then now we're getting articles. Are, are the Giants going to take the Arizona model and draft Justin Herbert next year if they have a top two pick? Like, are you serious, guys? We haven't even started rookie camp, and you're kicking him out the door? Like, do some freaking homework on the guy. I'm just – I'm not asking you to – like, I'm not asking you to agree with me or rant with me, Danny, but say some words because I'm, I'm – that neg- that positivity from the beginning has turned into negative <laughs>
1: No, no, you're right. Yeah, uh, obviously, people are are not going to like Daniel Jones. But as you said, like, the, people have been clamoring. These reporters have been clamoring for the Giants, or have been bashing the Giants, I should say, to draft a quarterback, saying it was a mistake to draft, say, Juan Barkley last year. They should have won with Sam Darnold. And when the Giants finally do draft a quarterback, it's like they made the worst decision possible. We won't know how good Daniel Jones is until like a year from now, maybe later in this season. We just don't know it yet. And as you said, I, I made a, like a, a, a question last week of like, oh, will they draft Justin Herbert next year? And cause I, I was questioning that because I saw someone say that. It was like, interesting question. But like, people are like really wanting them to do that. Because they don't feel Daniel Jones is the answer. It's just as you said, they're they're kicking a guy out before rookie minicamps even started. Daniel Jones, as from what I've heard on interviews, he seems like a quality guy. What we I've seen on tape, he seems like a quality football player. He's already coming to. He's already got that team leader role when uh, Corey Ballantyne was in the hospital. He called the Giants, asked him for Corey's number, and he called Corey and like sent him his condolences, asked him how he's doing. That's a leader right there. Now, I'm not calling out any other Giants for not doing that. That's just Daniel Jones wondering how his drafty buddy's doing. It's just insane how people are bashing Daniel Jones. It's unfair to Daniel Jones with this assessment already going on about him. You've got to give the kid time to develop uh, what's it called? Uh, Baker Mayfield. People didn't have the best of qualities for him saying he's not he's got like a a rugged attitude and stuff like that but look at baker mayfield now he was one of the best quarterbacks last year in the nfl and he's gonna be leading cleveland into a new era you just gotta wait and see how this turns out it's it, like dan orlovsky him going with that off shucks i didn't know about that till you tweeted out and then you and him in the comment section like i just don't see the off shucks from daniel jones he is a gamer he is a physical football player he he just will not go down as you said it's just annoying Uh, I feel like I may be repeating myself on some of these lines and so I'm going to stop repeating myself but I agree with what you said we got to give Daniel Jones time to uh, show what he's worth and I've seen people's opinions change on him over these past few weeks someone like Nate Burlington he watched tape this week and said Daniel Jones isn't as bad as he first fought And so people's opinions are changing. That's just an example. But people in our comment sections have said, hey, Daniel Jones is not as bad as I've made him out to be. Maybe he is the future. we just got to wait and see. That's all we could do. If four years from now we can call the Giants stupid for drafted Daniel Jones possibly and say, wow, Dan Ovaloski was right. Jeff Schwartz was right. That's what we could do. Or maybe we'll be calling him stupid as the Giants are hoisting the Lombardi trophy. We won't know, but we just got to give Daniel Jones a chance. And that's why I got those bookmarks saved
0: and, and Dan Orlovsky, you brought up and let's get all Shucks going. Like if you can do hashtag all Shucks, or just whenever you're like doing something with us and just say all Shucks, I would love it. Um, <laughs> and maybe that, you know, once we get, gain more traction, we can make all Shucks t-shirts anyways. Um, like Dan Orlovsky, like, cause he replied to me and I texted you. I was like, my problem is every time I call somebody out, I tag them because I, I don't believe in like talking trash about somebody without tagging them. Um, and Orlowski, he came back and we kind of went back and forth a little bit, you know, like reasonable. And then he just started like, I'm like, I'm tweeting qu- quickly. And like, oh, you spelled this wrong. You, you use this comment here. And I finally was like, dude, I'm not going to reply to you if you're going to play these these freshmen and college game, like freshman girl in college games. Like, Oh, you spelled wrong. It's like, yeah, dude, because you don't have anything of substance. You realize you had a bad take. So you're just going to take not personal attacks because, you know, grammar, like it's not a personal attack. But essentially, like, you're not going to talk about the subject because it's a lot easier. Like, <laughs> you spelled this word wrong, idiot. Like, because I said, I said, I accidentally spelled brake, like car brakes. So I was typing quickly. And that probably was in my autocorrect because I freaking had to get my brakes. I had to get two brake calipers fixed last week, uh, one on the right front, one on the left rear and all pads. So breaks are in my autocorrect anyway. So give me a break, Dan, Dan Um And uh, and that's when that's when like I get I, like I'm petty, and so that's why I, I just started spelling every word wrong after that. Like, <laughs> how about how about that, Dan? Anyways, let's let's talk about the Giants instead of freaking people who like to let's be talking Giants instead of talking Talkin about talking talking about Giants. <laughs> yeah, talking trash. That's what the show is today. Um. Daniel Jones is wearing number eight. That has been the big news of the day. <laughs> uh, just changing gears. Uh, I don't know really what to say about the number. I like I, I love the number eight. I think it's a good quarterback number. I was hoping he would do seventeen. I know a lot of people don't like that because the the Dan uh, or the, the Dave Brown comparisons. Because uh, you know he was a QB number seventeen at Duke, not good for the Giants. But I don't believe in like superstitions and stuff like that. And, like, yeah, like, oh, I don't want him to remind me of that. Daniel Jones is going to be good regardless of what number he wears. And, obviously, I know other people understand that. We're just kind of having fun with it. But I like number eight, and I did a really good Photoshop today. got some, it, some good play on Twitter.
1: It was, it was a beautiful Photoshop. But I'm not sure about you, but I was confused why he was wearing number eight. And then I saw someone say, well, he can't wear 17 because Kyle Oletta wearing it. And I'm like, oh, my God, Kyle Oletta on this team. Well, just,
0: to we, to be it to be fair though, if he wanted seventeen, now maybe this is the all shucks part of Daniel Jones. Like when a court when a first round quarterback comes in, they can essentially just get whatever number they want. I mean he he could have gotten any number but ten, essentially.
1: I mean, let's be real, seven there's a high possibility number seventeen will be available by the time the season kicks off. But yeah, I, I mean, he
0: has to stay with eight now because yeah, start yeah. buying jerseys.
1: I I yeah, I bought ain't that great. I, I already bought his jersey, and I got a contact with the NFL shop. I'm like, wait, is he going to be – if he – am I getting number eight in the mail? Because I'm going to be quite annoyed if he changes his numbers. And they're like, oh, everything until it's confirmed. So I'm like, Daniel, please change to number 17. And Kyle, uh, <laughs> please give him your number. But once again, uh, number eight, I, I don't care about what number you wear. I just care that you uh, be a good football player. So go number hey. eight.
0: Hey, Daniel Jones, you'll number eight on the field number one in my, my eye. oh I've been leaning into it I've been anytime I talk, I'm like I'm in full bloom love with him, and that gets people that gets the hater so bad because they hate Dave Gettleman so much and then you know they hate Daniel Jones because of that which like actually props for Giants Nation I've seen so much positivity and I like I was you know obviously like people were taking shots at me for being positive on Friday which maybe it was a little too soon but like now that people are looking at him, like Giants Nation is all in on Daniel Jones. There's a few little stragglers out there, um, but for the most part, like I'm, Dan, Giants Nation is in, is in on Daniel Jones, and like props to us, man, we're positive. Obviously, if he has like two bad games, that might change. But right now, we're we're a bunch of positive pollies.
1: No, you're right, and uh, and for the people that are hoping for Daniel Jones to fail because basically Dave Gelleman has put all his chips in on Daniel Jones. So people are hoping for Jones to fail because they they hate Gelliman. But yeah, you're right. I've seen the positivity turn around for Daniel Jones. And I I like that. We got to get the guy the chance first before we call him a bust. And that's what I'm like and see all the Giants fans doing. Yeah.
0: All right. So we start rookie camp. uh, I guess when you're listening to this today, um, there might have been somebody else, but the notable name that was just a rookie camp invite that made the roster last year was running back Rob Martin out of Rutgers. So you know there's a good chance that one of these guys makes the team. Although last year was more of an overhaul because Galvin wanted Reese's guys out of there. Um, and then Jawil, Jawill, is it Jawil or Jawil Davis, the wide receiver? I uh, called was, him
1: Jawil Davis. I'll,
0: you call him Jawil, I'll call him Jawil. And uh, yeah, so Jawil Davis, he gets cut. Uh, he actually got like he I like, had a little injury in the end of the season. uh, like horse playing in the locker room which like it happens but at the same time like we have too many wide receivers right now I mean you know Coleman, Latimer, and Shepard are the vets in there we just uh, got Darius Slayton in and you always expect that's the one position where you expect undrafted guys and uh, you know maybe a rookie camp invite to get a shot at in camp so it doesn't surprise me that Joel uh, is out the door.
1: Oh, yeah, John Will's at the door, our wide receiver position, basically set with Slayton, Darius Slayton, uh, Corey Coleman, Russell Shepard, Sharon Shepard, Golden Tate, uh, all of them. But from the undrafted uh, free agents, one of them that really he... caught my eye, I'm not sure if you noticed, is Eric Dungy, the quarterback from Syracuse, has been uh, invited or was signed. I'm not sure exactly. that. that I, was think,
0: I think he's a rookie camp invite.
1: He's a, okay, thank you. Because that one just caught my eye because uh, – Obviously, I feel like I didn't expect that because I thought this is going to be between Kyle Lennon and Alex Taney to determine that fifth roster, uh, that not fifth roster spot, that third quarterback spot. But Eric Dungy coming in, they're going to maybe throw him into the mix. Maybe, I'm not sure. Maybe they just want to look at him just in case to put him on the practice squad in case. Like, I don't know, like our whole quarterbacks go down and they can rely on Eric Dungy. But that was the one that caught my eye out of really all these guys. Yeah, I think that's
0: more of just having an arm for rookie camp, and w- might as well bring in the hometown boy. Yeah, um, you know that's kind of what teams do with the rookie camp invites. Like, you'll, there's probably a lot of Rutgers and Syracuse guys as rookie camp invites. Um, so yeah. All right, let's do our first mailbag. We'll do it before we start going into the meat of the show, uh, where we go through the players. So let's go through our first mailbag. We got five questions. The first one is from Johnny Jeep. Hey guys, can you see X Men? The Slaytons, Baker, Love, Conley, all starting September. Me? Uh, No. Although
1: there's a couple in there that
0: I could see. What What about you, Danny? We'll uh, talk
1: more about that when we go through the players. Yeah, you're right. Now I uh, I see. What were the names again? It was Conley, Slayton. Pretty much everyone. Pretty much everyone. All right, I see at least one of them starting. In week one, or in September, at least one of them.
0: Definitely Baker. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, we'll, that's we'll, the one. we'll talk about we'll talk about that when we go through the players. Um, at Mr. Chris one seventy two, do you guys think the Giants will add an RPO or pistol formation to take advantage of Danny Jones' athletic ability, Danny?
1: Uh, yes, I feel like that maybe even be part of Pat Shermer's plan was to init, put that in there once Daniel Jones takes over, because he can't run that right I mean, he could if he wanted to, but let's be real, Eli Manning is a 38-year-old quarterback. The run pass option is really going to be a pass, maybe, but uh, I think they could initiate that with Daniel Jones, because he had that ability to do that. We I saw it in his Duke tape, and the pistol formation, yeah, I believe they'll do that, because If I'm crazy, I think they mainly ran out of the shotgun and pistol formation at Duke with David Cutcliffe, so they want to make probably Daniel Jones feel as comfortable as possible, so I would see them add in that.
0: Yeah, I don't think they ran under center at all. I don't think they did. Um, Now, obviously, you know, the whole NFL has pretty much went to primarily shotgun, although Pat Shermer is going to have Daniel Jones taking uh, snaps under center. But yeah, I, I, I expect a lot of RPL, maybe not even long term, but at least his first few games to give him something easy and comfortable to do. Um, and like, uh, like you said, Mr. Chris, um, you know, taking, you know, when you're a young quarterback, you want to take advantage, like you want to make it as easy as possible first few games, make them comfortable. Um, so yeah, definitely the pistol formations Duke ran that a little bit. Uh, I don't know how much we would run with the Giants, but yeah, it's definitely an option. Although um, I'm kind of, I'm more of the, if you're going to have a back behind you, you might as well go under, under center. But, yeah, definitely a bunch of RPO stuff. I mean, Duke did that a lot. Duke ran a lot of play action um, because they ran a the ball a lot. I mean, a lot of times, like, I can't remember what game it was. They were down, like, 14-0 the half. It might have been Pitt or I can't remember. But I remember the first two dri- The first two drives were run, run, pass, run, run, pass, 40-yard drop, run, pass. And it was, like, 3-3 three three and outs. Um, so, yeah, I definitely see that. All right, And then at Scoochie. He asked, if the Giants have another bleep season, poopy season, yeah. under five under five wins, does Dave Gettleman get fired? <sighs> I don't think so. Um, even if, like, he, and I'm not even saying he wouldn't deserve to, but I don't think so. You can't – I wouldn't fire him one year into uh, a new quarterback. And, you know, last year's draft was pretty good from what we think. You know, uh, B.J. Hill, Lorenzo Cardin, later rounds, you know, Will Hernandez and Saquon, obviously – Uh, Daniel Jones, you know, shows some flashes. Um, And I think five, like six wins is kind of the expected. Now, if we have one, two wins, and it gets real bad, then maybe. But I I just don't see the Giants moving on from Dave Gettleman. Um, And obviously, whether you like it or not, we are a franchise that is very patient with our guys. We don't like to, you know, push guys out the door. I mean, Ben McAdoo, after two years, like he had to bench Eli to make that happen.
1: No, yeah, you're right. You saw, they stuck with Jerry Reese for who knows how long, when he should have fired, maybe a few years before he actually got fired. So I don't expect Dave Gellman to get fired. If anyone gets fired, it uh, Now nah, I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say maybe Pat Sherman would get fired, but I don't feel like they would do that to Daniel Jones. They won't pull what they did in Arizona to Josh Rosen. Basically, what will determine if Dave Gellman and Pat Turner keep their job is how good Daniel Jones is. That's really what will determine what keeps their job. And if if Daniel Jones goes in this year and absolutely falls flat on his face, maybe that could be what gets Dave Gellman fired. But as you said, I don't expect them to fire them. They're going to be patient with this. At least Dave Gellman, at least, has, I'd say, another year or two before it could get dicey for him.
0: Yeah. At Scucci also asks, um, if Evan Engram doesn't take the next step this year, any chance the Giants bring back Mark Bavaro? No, actually, Scoochy, I think that's dumb. <laughs> I think they'll bring back Jeremy Shockey. Jeremy,
1: uh, I think they should bring back. Uh, this is a this is a personal favorite. That uh, Will Ty from Stony Brook. Who I'm not sure where he is now. I love Will Ty. I thought
0: and you were my... going to say Kevin Boss. You kind of mm-hmm. let me down there. All no. right,
1: uh... <laughs> I, I just love Will Ty. It's like a joke. <laughs>
0: All right. All right. Jake Roberts, what are we going to do at right tackle? I feel uh, like everybody answers this question. Has there ever been like a, a free agent where it's like everyone just assumes he's going to be on our team? Mike Remmers. We're all just waiting on that physical to pass. <laughs> I, I just, I've never seen a free agent where it's like, oh, we're, we're going to get him. Like, but I think we all ask, I think it's going to be Mike Remmers. Now, Chad Wheeler. It would be interesting. I would like to see Chad Wheeler get a shot. In fact, like Chad Wheeler is somebody I'd love to talk to. Um, in fact, I was just thinking about interviewing him today, which is super weird that I like think about interviewing Chad Wheeler. but I, I actually would like to see him get a shot, um, especially next to Zeitler and you know maybe especially you know putting Allison next to him. I, I don't know. I'd like to see what he can do, see if he can really grow. but obviously uh, Mike Remmers and then Big George we'll, we'll talk about later.
1: Uh yeah, it, everyone's waiting on Mike Remmers. Let's be honest here, because even like all the reporters were like, it, it it would shock me if it's not Mike Remmers. His, his agent said he was going out to dinner, and his neighbor, who he doesn't even know, went out to him and said, "All right, when's Mike Remmers signing with the Giants?" It's like it, it almost feels painfully obvious that it's gonna happen. That if it doesn't happen, it would shock me. But like I said I want Chad Wheeler to get the shot because maybe he improves knowing that he has the opportunity to be the right tackle because the Giants believe in him. And I have faith in him as well. I mean, obviously, maybe I'm just blind because we replaced Eric Flowers, and I view Chad Wheeler as, like, the best replacement to Eric Flowers to ever ha- to ever happen to us. But, once again, I think it's Mike Remmers, or who knows? Maybe it could be Chad Wheeler because they got that confidence in him. Chad Wheeler could
0: end up being the worst offensive lineman in Giants history that's not hated because he's not Eric Flowers.
1: Exactly. Like, like every- that
0: Texans game, I think he gave up, like, three sacks. Now, granted, it was against J.J. Watt. And I, I we had Dan Duggan on someone radio after that, and he's like, "Yeah, he kind of sucked, but everyone was just excited because it finally wasn't Eric Flowers playing."
1: Yeah, if if you Eric Flowers was so bad, everyone was clamoring for him to get on the bench. When it happened, I, I don't care. I think if Chad Wheeler gave up six sacks, that no fans would have cared because his name's not Eric Flowers. Everyone would have. I was rejoicing when I read that <laughs> Eric Flowers got benched.
0: That was the most I seen Giants in Unity was that morning when that was announced. Um, the Redskins actually today put out a tweet with a picture of Landon Collins and DRC and it was like giant mood, and I just replied with that picture with Eric Flowers with the stupid look on his face <laughs> and, the, and the, with signing with the Redskins, and that got some good play. But one Redskin said like, "Who's the idiot? We got him for one year, $5 million you drafted him ninth. And I just responded, I was like, You got me, man. I'm not I'm not gonna fight against that. Um this last one is directed completely at me, Carlos Rodriguez. Heard you in Florida, you go into the Tampa Bay game. Yeah, I think I will. Um, it's gonna be so freaking hot. Although it will be a four o'clock game, so that's nice. I also have been talking about going up to Jersey for the weekend when the Dolphins play there. Cause I'm just I, I live in Florida, so I got friend, friends who are Florida fans. So, yeah, I, I will most likely be at the Bucks game. Even if I don't go in, say, like, I get robbed and don't have any money, I'll definitely go to Tampa for that. But I'll, I'll be at that game. I'll probably spend the weekend in Tampa. Um, and then hopefully I'll get up to Jersey for the Dolphins game. Uh, what games do you have on, like, your list to go to, Danny? Uh,
1: I'm still deciding on the second. I put out a poll. People said uh, the Packers. I'm like, yeah, I want to go see the Packers, but uh, I'm just not sure what I want to do. Josh Rosen in Miami, that's an interesting game. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, that's an interesting game. I'm going to the Vikings, that's that's for sure. I'm just not sure who the second game is going to be, but Minnesota is definitely on there, and I'm contemplating all the other games, really. I don't have a solid one yet. All right.
0: All right, so let's do a quick ad, and then we'll talk about mm. the draft. Alright, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's go through the draft picks minus Daniel Jones, even though I'm addicted to talking about Daniel Jones. We're going to go in order. Dexter Lawrence. Obviously, he's a run stopper. People didn't like this pick. I, I don't think it's a sexy pick. I don't really love it, but it could be a very important pick. Um, listen, he's going to be bringing, brought in to stop the run game. And I've, and I've, seen, I've heard people say, like, the NFL is moving away. Everyone's passing. But when it gets down to the playoffs, like, teams run the ball. And if you can't run the ball – and I know it's a very basic take, like stop the run and get to the, or run the ball and get to the passer. Like, I get it's bland, but it's true. Um, and that's why, you know, you see these high scoring points in the first, you know, half of the season and then defenses adjust. And that's why when you can run the ball, it really makes it good, uh, really helps in the playoffs. And I think Dexter Lawrence is going to be really good. Um, obviously, like the, the take is, well, why we trade Wade Damon Harrison? Well, Damon Harrison is turning 31 this year. And he has an $18 million contract. Dexter Lawrence um, is a beast. I like Dexter Lawrence a lot. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he's used with B.J. Hill and Dalvin Thomason. Dave Gettleman said they'll all, they'll, all three will be used at the same time in the base 3-4. Although, base 3-4 is not used a whole lot. It's almost, all, it's almost all nickel now. But it'll be interesting to see how those three are, are work together.
1: Uh, no, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm gonna that Damien Harrison part. Like Damien Harrison wasn't on the field that much last season because obviously he's getting up there in age and he's a big guy. He needs his break. So bringing Dexter Lawrence in a, a fresh, a more younger, fresher defensive tackle will be good. Once again, D- Damien Harrison was a great football player, and it's it tough to see him go. But it, it made sense for where we are, and that cap hit was huge. But Dexter Lawrence, uh, as you said, uh, he says he has pass rushing abilities. But he's gonna have to unlock it, "quote unquote," unlock it, as he says. Uh, he he says he weighs uh, 344 pounds as of two days ago, but he wants to play in the range of 342 and 355, and he also wants to get his body fat down. He consider he considered that one of his priorities. He said this quote uh, the night of he got drafted. He said, "quote Right now, I'm I am 344. My playing weight is going down, and then uh, he's trying to play between 342 and 355, 335 because." I'm trying to get my body fat down. That's really been a focus of mine. I know becoming a pro, that's your number one objective, taking care of your body. And that's just the mindset with the right food and the right exercise and everything, end quote. But uh, he, he's got good accolades. He was, he was a top five recruit nas- nationally. Uh, and obviously many schools are chasing after, but then he chose Clemson. But then this is where I feel like Dexter Lawrence, he had his problems. Freshman year, Dexter Lawrence was an absolute beast. He had... Forty uh, 62 total tackles, 22 solo. He had 6.5 sacks, 8.5 tackles for a loss. He was a beast freshman year. But then came uh, sophomore year, he had some injuries, and that really hurt him, as he said. He said, obviously, and then junior year, he was very scared to get it going in the early half of the season, but then towards the end, he really started to get it going. I'll just show his stats, uh, junior year, 15 solo tackles, 21 assists for 36 total, seven and a seven tackles for a loss, one and a half sacks, and then a sophomore year as I said, with well, that was his down year. 13 solo tackles, 20 assists for 33 in total, two and a half sacks and two two and a half for a loss and two sacks. So Dexter Lawrence, if this pick is worth it, he needs to be freshman year Lawrence, and I'm really hoping we can get that freshman year Lawrence because if we do, Dexter Lawrence will be issues for offenses this coming year.
0: Yeah, something about freshmen is that Clemson named Lawrence
1: Uh Dexter Lawrence.
0: <laughs> if you're listening, if you're trying to get your body fat down, same bro. Um, <laughs> Dan, maybe you're not this way, and maybe it's because I'm like a simple-minded idiot. But when I like something to eat, especially like now because I've been eating healthy, staying under two thousand calories a day, exercising, trying to get back down to playing weight. Um. I have had a turkey flatbread and tomato soup for dinner Friday night, not Saturday night, because I was with the church guys, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and now Thursday night. I'm addicted. And then I won't eat it for like three months once I get tired of it. Uh, that has nothing to do with the Giants, but that's talking dinner with Bobby. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just freaking reeled off some stats. I'm excited about him. I think he's motivated, and I think he's going to be a key piece. Now, I'm actually way more, and I keep on, like, this pick makes me forget about Dexter Lawrence because I'm so excited about him. DeAndre Baker, the cornerback out of Georgia, the guy we traded up to 34, he'll uh, be wearing number 35. He is so good. He was the Thorpe winner, um, you know, which is the award for the best corner. I think he gave, like, zero touchdowns. And, like, I went and watched, like, the whole Alabama game. Uh, he was thrown at only five times, and one was, like, a wild pass by two. Or, like, I don't know what he was doing. Where he actually caught it, but he was out of bounds when he caught it. Uh, one of the catches, he literally was like he was g- glued to the guy. He had his hand like on the ball, and the wide receiver just caught it. Like it's as good as coverage as you'll ever see on a catch. Um, so like you know, and Alabama had really good wide receivers. I went back and looked to see if it was Jerry Judy because everyone's talking about him. It wasn't him, but anyways. Uh, and then the other one was on. Uh, they ran a lot of cover four against. Uh, Alabama in that game, which worked because it made Tua like dink and dunk, and he just wasn't ready to do that. Um, so the other catch was on uh, drop coverage on I and mean, it was the first time they were in a curl route against it, so it was wide open. Uh, so yeah, that was it against the Alabama game. And they were like he, he he's just kind of like a playmaker. Like he's really good in man coverage. I love him in man. I think we're gonna use, I think we're gonna run a lot of man coverage this year, um, especially with James' better scheme. Julian Love, he's really good in man. We'll talk about him uh Janoris Jenkins. I, I feel like that's where he excels is when it's like, dude, jam this guy and freaking stay with him, and he does that. Obviously, he's not the same guy he was a few years ago, but I like DeAndre Baker and man, but like, he does the little stuff where uh, Tennessee, the tight end, caught a touch or pass over the middle, and it looked like to be an easy walking touchdown. And DeAndre Baker and I posted this clip. Don DeAndre Baker just lays the wood, fumbles the ball, and I said I tweeted out I was like, I like to think that DeAndre Baker yelled out, "You thought when you when he hit that guy." And then on an interception against uh, Alabama, that wasn't his. He just pancakes a dude, like, and the offensive lineman and me loves that. So DeAndre Baker, I am super excited about him. I think he's going to be a, a really good giant for a long time.
1: Yeah, right. yeah, you're right. De- DeAndre Baker. Uh, when the Giant, uh, when the Giants traded back up into the first round, I was like, who are we going for here? And then DeAndre Baker's name came out. I'm like, interesting, but. For what I've seen and what I've heard people say, he probably, he is the best cornerback in this year's draft class. And the Giants traded back up into the first round to get him, just shows that they that they really believe in him. That's why I expect it to be a day one starter for this team. Uh, that whoever asks that question, DeAndre Baker is going to be starting day one next to Janoris cause I believe or even in the slot. I'm not sure they're going to do that, but he's quick on his feet. He's a capable open field tackler. He's got great field awareness. He's a very hard guy to shake. Like he as you said, he's like stuck to you like glue. You cannot get rid of DeAndre Baker. He's also very good at press coverage. He, he like hard mm-hmm. to get around him. I like that. And he also has great timing on jump balls. He doesn't he jumps right where he needs to jump, but he's also great on knocking those balls out. He's small for his size, but once again, I haven't seen that affect him. But also, I think the Giants cornerbacks, they're real they're a really small group. I think our tallest guy is Sam Beal. But that's beside the point. Uh, he's still going to be a quality corner. But I'm just intrigued to see. I know this isn't about DeAndre Baker. But I'm intrigued to see who will be starting. Because obviously, it's as will. And I said uh, it will be DeAndre Baker. Will it be Sam Beal getting that? I think it will be. Or maybe they believe in Julian Love that much. We'll get on to him later. But but who will be the third corner for this Giants team to start? That's my question right now.
0: Yeah, it would definitely be interesting. Uh, DeAndre Baker, like you said, day one started for sure. All right, and so after DeAndre Baker, it was a long time before the Giants pick all over the 95, and we got a guy out of Old Dominion, ODU, O'Shea Ximenez, the X-Man, number 53. People don't like that because he's taking Harry Carson's number. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything. I love O'Shea and Ximenez. I watched the whole Virginia Tech game because that was, like, the only full game film. You know, I watched his highlights, but everyone's highlights look good. He's really good in the pass rush. Like, he, he dumps tackles. If a tackle leans on him, he just dumps the dude. And, he like, he's very disciplined. Now, I was, like, going to – I had, like, a clip together. I was going to completely rave about how disciplined he was, which he is. I'm not going to say he's not. But Virginia Tech ran the read option on him twice. The first time, he completely bit, you know, he followed a pulling tackle. And the second time, he, like, waited – He just he like he kept on like pushing down on the tackle like collapsing down the tackle while staring at the quarterback, and by the time the quarterback decided to run, he just didn't have the the angle. But that Virginia Tech game, like he was the difference on that defense. He had the two sacks in the first quarter, um, and he just like played really well. They they actually even used him used him at middle linebacker. Like it was like a third and eighteen, and they had him at middle linebacker, which is like, man, you got this pass rusher, and you're not letting him go after the QB in third and eighteen. But it just shows how much of like a difference maker he was for ODU, where it's like okay third and eighteen, we got to make sure that this QB uh, isn't gonna scramble and make a play, and they just they just pit him as a spy, at middle linebacker on him, Um, and he played like he 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 does what he's supposed to, like he plays his position, he doesn't like try and be Superman, and then you know like he doesn't try and make a move inside when it's you know a run play, Uh, and then you know that's like that's what happens, like a lot of times a defensive end where they'll try and beat a guy inside on, say, a running play, and that tackle just collapses down on them, and then that's where you get outside runs for 20, 30 yards. So he always plays his responsibility on that. Although, like I said, with the read option, you you got to be more disciplined on that. Obviously, that's super coachable, but that happens against Carson Wentz or Dak Prescott, and that you know, could cost the Giants a win. So, But O'Shane Ximenez, I think this guy's going to be really good, um, and hopefully he'll be one of those, you know, the Giants are great at drafting defensive ends, you know, O.C., Pierre-Paul, which was, you know, wasn't the craziest pick. You know, Strahan, uh, Tuck. So hopefully he's, you know, the next guy on that list.
1: No, yeah, you're right. I I, I really like um, O'Shanning Ziminez. Yes, he played against smaller talent, but the guy, he was good for what he did. He's a sack machine. He holds the school record for most career sacks sitting at 33. And this year he earned 11 and a half sacks. Like, I saw him against East Carolina. Obviously, yes, once again, small school. But he made, he like bull rushed his offensive lineman straight into the quarterback for a sack. It was beautiful to watch. And he also like did this great move where he had the offensive tackle like basically just fall down and attempt to block him. I just love O'Shane Zimenez. I see the potential that John seen him. First player ever drafted out of Old Dominion. He had 18 tackles for a loss this year. And as you said, the Giants are good at drafting defensive ends. And Michael Strahan, he wasn't in a big name school either—Texas Southern University. Like o- Oshien Ximenes has potential. Now, yes, he won't be starting this year. He'll probably be a third-down guy to start the season. But he will work. I believe he'll work his way up the depth chart and probably be started maybe by the time the season comes to a close. And I think James Betts is going to be in love with O'Shea and Ximinas because he brings that ferociousness you want to see from a defensive end. And that Virginia Tech game with that read option, I saw that clip. Yeah, he was not the best of discipline right there, but it's coachable. And I see him being a huge factor for this team for for however long his contract is. And I'm hoping that it works out because we need a good defensive end to help uh, help uh, B.J. Hill out. Yes, Marcus Gold is there, but Marcus Gold is not the long-term answer I'm hoping O'Shae Jimenez can be that long-term answer, and that B.J. Hill, O'Shae Jimenez, that could be a good duo right there.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned Marcus Golden. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, a lot of people like Marcus Golden, and I I like him. I think he's a good player, but he's he's not a world beater. So, like you said, I can definitely see O'Shae Jimenez cracking the starting lineup sooner rather than later. Maybe not week one, but but eventually, and not just because of injuries. I think he's just going to prove himself. And you mentioned the bull rush. Now. The best ability is to be a speed – as a defensive end, the best ability is to have speed and have good hands with your moves. But the most – and it's good to have, you know, the spin move, the rip, uh, swing – like, those are all important. But the most important move for a pass rusher is the bull rush. And not even because you're going to use it a lot, because that threat of the bull rush, it completely changes the way a tackle blocks you. Because if he's expecting – like, and, you know, I hate to do the, like, oh, I played. But when I played tackle, I wasn't the fastest guy. But if I knew a guy who was just a speed rusher, it was over all day. It's like, okay, this guy, that's all he has is a speed rush. Um, he's going to do one move to the outside or he's just going to try and fake and then go inside and it's just easy. It was easy. But if there's the threat of that bull rush, it completely has you on your toes and you would have no idea what's coming. So the bull rush is such an important move for a defensive end. Um, so hopefully O'Shane, you know, can develop that even more. The uh, the pick that I, I say the the non first round pick actually maybe the, the pick because you know people are not excited about uh, Daniel Jones that people are the most excited about Julian Love out of Notre Dame people and no pun intended but people love Julian Love and I was surprised he fell to so where he did uh, he's really good in tight man coverage when you kind of and what's weird is like I was watching a couple games of his. And especially against Michigan, where he gave up um, – he, he was only thrown at twice in that game. Um, but he did have one deep ball on him. But when he would play up and tight on the wide receiver, Bank would never burn past him. But when he would play 10 yards off and kind of play bail coverage, that's when a guy would get behind him. Which, I don't know, that just kind of weirds me out. But you definitely use him in man. Um, you know, he ran a 4-5-3-40, which is definitely not ideal for a corner. And I think that might be why he fell. But I like him. Now, people have suggested that he'd play safety, which I like the idea of that because I think he's a really good player, and I would like to see him on the field sooner rather than later. Um, and then we you know we just you know drafted Baker, um, you know we have Sam Beal, and obviously Janoris Jenkins. But I want him a corner because I think that's I think that's what his position is going to be long term as corner. Um, but at the end of the day, I want I want to see this guy on the field.
1: Uh, no, you're right uh, with the free safety thing. We'll talk about him in a few minutes, but uh. I believe the free safety position, I believe that's more of a Corey Ballantine option because he has the experience. I'm not sure if Julian Love does have the experience, but I see him as the cornerback for the Giants. Once again, because Janoris Jenkins, he's most likely done after this year. I could see it being Julian Love, DeAndre Baker, Sam Beal, Grant Haley, whoever. I don't see him as a free safety. And I feel like... He's a great player. He has good, uh, man, sorry, he has good backpedal. He's great at anticipating routes. As you said, he's more of a man guy, but I like his zone. That's just me. Uh, he, a defender's able to shake him, but like he's not far behind him. He has, I think, he has the speed to catch up to most players. He's compared to AJ Boyer, which is not a terrible comparison, and I think that's a good comparison in my opinion. And as you said, with him falling, out was surprised. Dave Gellman said he was pacing back and forth hoping Love would fall to him, and clearly he did, and the Giants did not hesitate. They really addressed the defensive backs this draft with uh, Baker, Love, and then Ballantine. so I think our defensive backs are set for the future. I said on Twitter, I said DeAndre Baker, Julian Love, Corey Ballantine, Grant Haley, Sam Beal. It's going to be our corners of the future, and I think the Giants are in capable hands once Janoris Jenkins is gone, because we got a quality teacher to teach both DeAndre Baker and Julian Love in Janoris Jenkins. Because Janoris Jenkins, he's not a terrible player. Yes, he hasn't been the best; he wasn't the best in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen, dealing with a little bit of injuries. But he can get it done, and he will train these guys well. And once he's gone, we'll be in capable hands. I feel like definitely. All right, I want to
0: stay. I want to do this quick because I don't want us to do the podcast to do go too long. So let's go kind of rapid fire with these last four guys. There's Slayton who I don't want to do rapid fire on. Um, <laughs> he is like, he's a fast, he makes spectacular catches. I put up a clip against him with greedy Williams where he just makes a crazy catch while he's getting face mass. Uh So he's super fast and he's tall and he he has a, like a 40 and a half inch vertical. So he's definitely a playmaker. He, now at the line of scrimmage he does he kind of stutters a little too far, too much, which you know you're going if you're gonna you could get jammed real bad doing that at the NFL level. But year one I see him getting five six naps at a game where the Giants are like go just run run and we'll, and you know we'll try maybe try and get you open. So I think he's gonna get playing time this year. i mean, not gonna be I don't think he's gonna be the starter, but he, I definitely think he'll get PT.
1: Uh, it was just a shocking pick, in my opinion, because I felt like we were set at wide receiver of uh, Cody Latimer, Russell Shepard. But once again, I-, I see why they drafted Darius Slater after watching his tape. Uh, he's, a- he's a speed guy. He's tall. And uh, as you said, the Giants are probably going to put him out there and tell him just to go run. I think he's going to try and make his name like Roger Lewis did. Now, I'm not comparing him to Roger Lewis, but Roger Lewis made a name for himself under McAdoo. And then when uh, all our receivers went down, he had a huge role, obviously, because there's literally no one left. But it was a huge enough role, and uh, it was a big step for Roger Lewis. So I believe Darius Slate is going to try and complete that role. But he's better than Roger Lewis, let me say that right now. But I like the Darius Slate to pick after watching his tape.
0: Yeah, Darius Slayton could be the guy that three years from now, we're like, damn, we got him? Like, that's wild. Um, how did we get him so late? All right, uh, Corey Ballantyne, there's really nothing to find on him. Um, there's just not – like, obviously, I, I don't I don't know the Washburn coach, so I can't get the tape. Maybe I will eventually. Um, he's coming off of a, a well-noted leg injury. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Uh, yeah, Corey Ballantine. he's a special teams demon from what I've read. Speedy guy as well. I think he'll get uh, the ability to try out that free safety. Obviously, he won't be at rookie minicamp. He'll still be in Washburn uh, dealing with the tragic incident there. But when he does return, um, all eyes will be on him because I think he'll – maybe get the opportunity to play free safety. Yes, I know we're set at the safety position, but Antoine Buffet is not going to be here forever, and who knows how good Julius Peppers will be in blue. So we just got to have options, and I think Corey Ballantyne will be a solid backup option because that corner right now, that's a really packed group. I don't see him fitting in there right now. Yeah, like you said, it's packed.
0: Um, the only thing I saw on, on Corey Ballantyne was a one-on-one against Terry McLaurin uh, at the senior day. He got burnt. Um, George Asafo Ajai the uh, tackle out of Kentucky who got in the seventh round. I watched the full game against UF. I mean, they never he, – like, he never gave up a pressure. He played really well in that game, and that's against, you know, Florida who has defensive ends who are drafted in the mid-rounds. Um, always have a good defense. He lets guys get into his chest a little bit, but, I mean, when you're drafting a tackle in the seventh round, you're not going to get Joe Thomas. Uh, he's definitely a guy who could challenge Chad Wheeler for the right tackle spot, uh, maybe even day one. Who, who knows? But I, I like that pick. Um, he's definitely a grinder. Uh, his story is pretty cool of you know where he's come from. So I, I love George Asafoja. I'm hoping I pronounced that right. Big George, let's be friends.
1: Uh, no, yeah, I'm not even going to bother announce the name, but I'm just going to call him George for right now. Big uh, George. He went, he, yeah, Big George. He went up against uh, uh, Josh Allen in practice, and I mean that's a good guy to go up against. He says he bettered himself going up against Josh Allen. So I have faith for George. Uh, will he be starting? Obviously not. But uh, I think he'll be a quality player. Uh, a quality depth piece for this Giants team. But I don't see him starting.
0: All right, defensive tackle Chrisley in Syracuse. I got nothing on him. Do you have anything, Danny? Uh,
1: he's a solid depth guy. Uh, once again, I he, I don't see him fitting. He'll probably be obviously behind Jackson Lawrence and uh. Dallin Tomlinson but uh, I don't see much with Chris Slayton I was when I saw the pick I shrugged my shoulders but before we do for wraps this up I we did forget about Ryan Connolly I don't want not want to leave I don't want oh I, 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 I don't want to leave about Ryan Connolly because I like the guy uh just the quick stuff I have on him I walk on to Wisconsin not the best block shedder, not the best at shooting graph g- gaps I should say uh, he's easily drawn out of m- m- misdirection. He's good at making reads. Uh, he's a quality of depth piece for the Giants. I don't see him. He'll probably start off on special teams, but I could see him getting some reps as a backup this year for the Giants to give Alec Gogol Tree and whoever else is playing next to him some reps.
0: Yeah, he'll definitely get special teams reps. The reason I skipped on him is I didn't put a space between him and then Love's traits in my notes. My bad. Um, here's the one thing I'll say on him. When he just decides, I'm going downhill and I'm going fast, it's great. Like Chaos happens within the offense. That's when I like him. Now, sometimes he kind of sits on his heels and reads too much. Um, now, obviously, you can't just go, go, go all the time or you're going to get taken advantage of. But when he when he has the go-ahead to just go downhill like a speed demon, things happen. So I like Connie a lot. All right, let's wrap this up. Leave us a rating and review. We appreciate it. I mean, look how fast we're going trying to make sure we're not taking too much of your time. And, yeah, leave us a rating review, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday talking undrafted free agents. Maybe we'll do offense and defense undrafted free agents because we got time to do that. All right, we'll see you guys.